Okay, guys. So, uh, welcome back to the Ico Joker podcast, uh, to another episode of the Ico Joker podcast or show, whichever one suits you. So, um, I'll get right into it. UFC Vegas 17, the UFC fight night, where the main event was Stephen Thompson versus Jeff Neal. And I'll get straight into it. And I'll say for the first fight of Stephen Thompson and Jeff Neal, I'll say, I think, I'm not sure how he earned his nickname. But, um, you know, I, I think if I'm right in saying what I'm saying, um, I think I can see why they call Stephen Thompson Wonderboy because the guy can move. He can really, you know, does just doesn't um, uh, get, t- get tired at all. And the whole fight was just always moving and um, slipping sideways, dodging um, strikes here. And, of course, he did get hit um, a few times, but he did manage to, um, as as um, uh, Marco Beesman with the commentators of the fight said you know one of the things about fighting in a professional fighting is that to that you need to hit without getting hit and that is what Stephen Thompson is doing so uh, yeah you know congratulations to Stephen Thompson he won that round uh, you know I've never seen Stephen Thompson fight before but um, I was really impressed with what I saw um, yeah you know he can he, he can really move and uh, he avoids a lot of shots of being being fired at him you know he's really a very agile guy very swift and uh, he dished out some serious jabs now of course in the fight Jeff Neal was constantly um, making some good attempts to get near enough and launch an attack launch an attack but I mean uh, Wonderboy as as they call him um, should I call him Wonderboy or should I just stick to Stephen Thompson um, no Wonderboy because that's what most people in the mixed martial arts are known by the nickname um, he always managed to um, step out of the way, step out of the uh, line of danger. So you have to excuse me for watching this on YouTube. I just, I watched all, I managed to watch all twelve fights. Some I couldn't get the highlights um, from because the the night that the fight that the event took place, I had to work. So I really, I'm making this podcast, this show, um, but just based off the highlights, and I, I watched it as many times as I could to just understand. Uh, you know how each uh, fight t- took place, how um, each fighter performed. So, um, yeah. So halfway through the first round, uh, Thompson excuses uh, executed a spinning leg kick to uh, Neil and exposed um, Neil's uh, midsection. And I think one of the uh, one of the things I noticed in the fight there uh, about Jeff Neil, and I said this was highlighted by other podcasters as well is that um, he had this habit of always defending his face with his hands. I've always been told, sorry, I've always been told, you, you know, you do this just to guard your face, and that's understandable. But whilst you're doing that, the upper part of your body and the lower part of your body, of course, is left exposed. And some other podcasters were saying, um, you know, whilst he's guarding his face, hit him at, hit him at, in his body, where hit him, hits him, and the lower part of his body were, uh, that's exposed, you know, um, you, you can go through his head, but still there's other areas that are exposed we can get points from if you if you jab him there. So um, yeah, there's not much else I'll say about that fight. Um, but, you know, 
as I've been told and before in the past by my good friend Charlie, who is very ex- well experienced and well vested in the um, combat sporting world, especially mixed martial arts and boxing, and I need to, I need to watch uh, a lot more fights just to understand exactly what is going on and how each fighter um, uh, performs, because each fighter has a unique way of how they perform in the octagon and a different way of how they perform their takedowns, their clinches, their kicks, their jabs, their strikes, you know, they, you know, and their stand-up, you know, you know, all those sort of things. So, for me, it's still a very much a learning process. And on to the next fight, Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera. Now, this fight started basically with the two guys pacing around the octagon. And I have to say that um, when, although again, you know, I'm still very much a novice in this in the sport. Um, for me, excuse me, for me, um, when I'm watching something, when I'm watching a fight, and I'm watching two um, two fighters uh, at the start of the um, start of the fight, just pacing, uh, or kind of almost like dancing around in the, in the octagon there, just trying. To, each one is looking for the best opportunity to pounce and strike to um, launch an attack. It kind of gets boring and things myself. You know, I'm somebody do something. <laughs> I was gonna, I'm five four. It's you know that is that sort of thing. But um, basically, they were pacing, and then suddenly. Um, Aldo, was it? Da, da, da. Yeah, um, Marlon Vieira got Aldo in a hard clinch, and but Aldo did manage to break free of it, and he did get some. Um, <coughs> no, sorry, <laughs> my mistake. Uh, Vieira got Aldo into 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 clinch, and it does look like it was a hard clinch as Aldo was struggling to get, um, break free of that clinch, and. Um, even so, he did get some good jabs in. Now, towards the end, the end of the first round, both guys were, were uh, dishing out brutal kicks. And during the, that short break that followed the first round, the corners told basically told um, each each fighter, "Do not give the uh, the opponent any room. You know, get, getting closer, close that gap, and just uh, let the motherfucker have it." As I put down here in the notes, because that's more or less what <laughs> what they were saying. Um, now round two, um, they really got into it much much quicker than they did at the beginning of round one. So Vera did manage to protect and defend himself a lot better from um, Aldo's strikes, but Aldo did manage to get a good, clean, big uppercut on Vera. Now Vera did manage to get Aldo in another clinch and try. Uh, it looks like from 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 my standpoint, from what I could see. Because again, these were highlights. Uh, I apologise for that. I really should have watched the actual fight. And it looked like um, Ver was trying to trip Elder, so to get him off his feet, so just get him to a proper clean takedown on the canvas. So um, he was dishing out knees and stomps, and Elder uh, was managed, managed to break out of the clinch in a fairly short space of time, much quicker than he did before in the same in well in the previous clinch in the previous round, in the first round. So. They were still trying to get Aldo in the takedown, but you know, it was Aldo this time wasn't making it easy at all. And you know, that was in the third clinch. Now, by the third round, both fighters really didn't waste any time um, by exchanging strikes. And Aldo got Vera into into what's called I hope I'm right when I say this a body lock or was it a triangle? I. I <laughs> I could re- I could go back and replay the fight, but I still wouldn't be so hundred percent on what exactly the, what the terminology is on th- that particular move. But I mean, 
I'm assuming it would have been a body lock. If if I'm incorrect, Washington YouTube, please uh, let me know in the comment section uh, below. Uh, but by this point, Vera did um, bend forward because now Aldo was on his back and uh, Vera was trying to shake Aldo off. Now, Al <coughs> Aldo now managed, managed to get Vera in a triangle but still um, was firmly on his... Uh, God. Oh, shit, did I make it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, this really is what makes the difference in watching the highlight and actually watching your fight um i think at this point what happened is that aldo uh, now managed to get vera in a triangle but i think um he still made remain firmly on vera's back where uh, where vera is what well, when vera actually managed to get back up onto his feet uh but i won't ramble on too much about this fight um Jose Aldo actually won the whole fight though to be honest as I was watching the whole fight from start to finish of the highlights I'll emphasize that point again um, I already thought that Vera would have won that match okay so in the next fight which was Marco Pereira versus Chaos Williams which is the welterweight division um, now as this fight was starting as the two fighters are making the way towards the octagon and they're being prepared to uh, going to ba I'll call it going to battle uh, with on with one another in the octagon. Um, I think chaos no chaos Williams was already in the octagon standing on the canvas and he did this thing that he did uh, back when he fought in UFC Vegas fourteen. Um, he was just looking at his opponent. Um, just just he wouldn't take his eye his eye off his um opponent um until um his opponent steps into the octagon into the cage and they started dishing out strikes so dressing out started um, fighting and back in UFC 14 he fought um Al, -Hass Al Hassan or was it Al Hassan but Al Hassan and that fight he did um he did win um but in this case um in this particular um event UFC Vegas 17 he didn't necessarily he didn't win this fight no and if I remember correct correctly if I remember, I think did he say something in the post um, press conference, um, post fight press conference that is it looking at his opponent it just helps him win or something psychologically or mentally that it just helps him concentrate on one thing that you want to happen that you need to happen that you want to, and so you just stare at your opponent that's standing in the way of you and your victory. Excuse me, uh, you and your victory and uh, being champion, or just winning um, and coming out, out as the successor in this competition you're about to do. Um, but no, I mean to cut the whole long to cut the story short. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael, is it Mitch, Michael, Michelle Pereira um, won that fight. Um, M I C H E L. I'm not sure if it's Michelle or Michael or Ma or Michael. Uh, it, it, I'm gonna go by Michelle. If if I'm incorrect, uh, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, please leave uh, a comment in the comment section below. Thanks, guys. Next up was Rob Fonts uh, versus Marlon Moraes, uh, the bantamweight division. Now, at the start of the first round, both fighters got into the right way uh, as soon as the fight commenced. And that's, uh, you know, for me, that's always nice to see and uh, no wasting of time at all. Moraes issued the first um, takedown. But whilst he had Font on the ground, Font was keeping close as... Uh, Moraes was trying to dish out some serious um, strikes. 
I'm rest, um, thank God for uh, Font's neck and a neck lock, but uh, Font managed to get out of it and is, was back on his feet. Uh, his opponent grabs hold of him again and put him in another takedown, and Font managed to get back on his feet quickly after breaking it out of the takedown. Now, both fighters now back on their feet, both ex- exchanging some serious strikes. Soon Font has Morris on the ground and dishing out some brutal jabs to to his head, and Font um, is the uh, came out as winner um, of that fight. Now, guys, I will confess, um, as I'm doing this podcast, um, I, <laughs> twelve fights I watched. I made notes on this, but to be honest, if if I'd watched the the actual uh, um, the actual live fight that it, as it took place that evening on Saturday, the nineteenth of December. I definitely would be doing a much better job at um, job um, telling you, kind of giving my two cents as a novice, again, as a novice in the sport, about how things went down that night. So, after that, we've got in the heavyweight division, got Martin Tiberio versus Greg Hardy. Now, both fighters did, um, as the fight started, uh, did exchange a lot of um, serious blows. Um Despite their, you know, despite their um, dominant, I should I say dominant or domineering, but despite their significant size and weight, they still managed to um, dish out some um, good clean strikes and kicks. Now, as time went on, um, Hardy did seem to be landing some clean, heavy shots. Now, his opponent, Tabio, uh, um, did try and get Hardy in a takedown, but Hardy did seem to be able to break out of it relatively easily and dish out some strikes, pushing to um Tiberio right to the to the other side of the octagon, and I do um, have well, uh, I've kind of seen, and you know, it's kind of been like confirmed by certain, by commentators, commentators who are professional mixed martial artists themselves, so they know what they're talking about. Um, if you get if you're going to get your opponent in a takedown by the fence, um, that's kind of like you're kind of somewhat half arsed doing it because your opponent has the fence to help them get back on up on their feet. But if you do the takedown, say in the middle of the octagon, then that that's like a clean takedown because now the your opponent, well both of you, but especially your opponent that you've um, taken down, has to use their jiu- jiu-jitsu skills to kind of grapple and wrestle out of that takedown and get back on, up on their feet. Uh, so that's one thing that I've seen as it has been confirmed by the professionals in the sport. So yeah, back to uh, my back to my uh, my two cents. So. After pushing um, uh, Tyrell right to the other side of the octagon, it almost seems as if Hardy um, might well have almost put put him into a clinch. Now, by the start of the second round, Tyrell did um, look slightly uh, worn out and tired, but Hardy did st- um, still seem very sharp and fast and agile. Now, Tyrell d- also did, yeah, sorry guys, uh, Tyrell. Bura did um, look like he was now sporting a car in his face. Trying to make sense of my notes here. That's not good. It's not good for my listeners, more for my viewers, more for my, all for my subscribers. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to r- ramble too much, too much about this fight. Um, yeah, Ty Bura did win the fight again. It's one of those fights whereby, as I'm look, looking from the outside, from the very outside to the inside, um, it did look like um, I, d- I did initially think because for me anyway, I'm you know I thought that um, 
the other guy hardly would have won um because he did seem he did appear a lot faster and a lot sharper um, during the fight but no Tiberia was the clear winner okay so next up was Anthony Peters of Pettis versus um Alex Morono Anthony Pettis or Peters no I'm going with Anthony Pettis versus Morono the welterweight division now to cut this I'm not going to drag on too much about this but to cut this short Pettis uh, won the fight and from what I took down here because I made uh, notes as much as I, poss- uh, as I possibly could on every fight so Pettis started the fight really auditioning out um, uh, a, a head kick at Morona but he that you know it failed and he, he came crashing onto the ground and Morona um, seized opportunity and rushed in to cement I'd say cement in a takedown, so just keep him pinned to the to the ground. Now, Morono managed to mount Pettis' back and was jabbing his head just to try and get Pettis in a triangle choke. Pettis did manage to break out of that, and after a spinning kick from Pettis, Morono rushed in again to get Pettis in. In a, in a clinch and gradually game on, on the ground in another takedown. Now, by the second round, as the second round starts, both fighters nicely get right into the fight, exchanging strikes. And by the beginning of the third round, Pettis dished out a, <laughs> a head kick, but a head kick. But and I, I noticed this. Um, Pettis tried to dish out a, a head kick, a really high head kick, and it did connect with his opponent. But Morono managed to grab his foot and quickly, um, unfortunately, Pettis um, was a few steps ahead and just yanked his foot um, out in time. So, yeah, short, long story cut short, Pettis was a clear winner. Now, following that, I think, was this the first or second women's fight? Now, this would have been, yeah, the first women's fight, the women's bantamweight division. Sijara Eubanks versus Panini Kianzad. Now, yeah, Kianzad uh, was the winner. In this fight, um, I made some, I made quite a few points, but I paid quite a close attention to this fight. Um, Kianzad uh, won that fight, and it was kind, of, kind of easy to see why. But she did quite a few takedowns, quite a few clinches in this fight, and she was very really domineering. You know, when she got her opponent on the ground, she did quite a good job of keeping her opponent on the ground, for, on the ground there for uh, you know quite a while. So I can understand, uh, you know, why and how she won. So a good job on her, good job on her, and credit to you for winning that fight. So you know, in that fight, she is the most dominant fighter, and uh, yeah, well done. Now, after that, what we have Darren Wynn versus Antonio Ar- Arroyo or Arroyo. <laughs> Uh, Ar- God, I hope I pronounced these names correctly. Arroyo, A R R O Y O. It's a Brazilian Portuguese surname, so I'm gonna go with Arroyo as that. That's how it was pronounced, and by one of the commentators um during the fight. And that's the catchweight and the catchweight division. Now, one of the things I noticed in this fight is that um the two guys, excuse me. The two guys do have a significant difference in their height. So Arroyo stands at a tall six foot six foot or six foot three. 
whilst Wynn stands at only about five foot seven. That's not to shit on Wynn or anything like that, but uh, if you look at the two guys, they do have a significant difference in their height. And one of the things I did notice is that uh, when Araya was um, was well, when Araya was um, attempting to attack and throw strikes and kicks and so on, well, mainly strikes, it looks like he had to just slightly crouch or bend down a, a little bit. But uh, as time went on, I did see and I did kind of learn that um, height isn't everything in a fight, and Win proved that to be the case because. One thing I, I did see in the fight there is that he does have the advantage. If if I can say this, if I'm wrong, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, correct me in the comment section. Um, I'm still very much a novice in the sport, but um, one of the advantages I saw, on my based on my opinion, is that um, Wynn had the advantage of that when it comes to takedowns, he can go in for a clean takedowns and just rush in for... Um, uh, Arroyo's waist and just take him down clean on the canvas uh, from there and um, yes it's one of the things I, I noticed because he did win this fight so um, you know again that emphasizes the point that uh, when it comes to fighting uh, height really isn't isn't king you know um, there's other attributes there that uh, the shorter person will have that maybe the taller person will be lacking you know because he was actually he won you know he was he did quite a quite a lot of takedowns. They managed to keep his opponent on the ground for significant amounts of time, and uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't let up. He gave it his all um, when I was fighting in the octagon there. So yeah, well done to him and congratulations. Now the next, yeah, now the next uh, women's fight, which was Tyler Santos versus Gillian uh, Robertson, the w- women's featherweight. And as uh, DC Chromia nicely and jokingly put in the commentary there, um, you won't need telling twice that like Julian Robinson was the uh, fighter in the red. She had, she was wearing red shorts and she had also dyed her ha- her hair, her braided hair, a matching red also. So now um, Santos, she um, she won that fight. Um, at the beginning of the fight, both ladies got right into it at the start uh, at the beginning of the fight. Santos had Robertson in a takedown, uh, in in a takedown, and whenever Robertson tried to get back on her feet, Santos did a good good job of just keeping on the ground, just suddenly grabbing her down, and a really good job because her opponent Robinson was just consistently elbowing her, elbowing her in the head. So that was uh, you know a really good job by her. Up next. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, now up next here, I have the just the two. Um, uh, is it two from last? No, well, it's Takon Nchukwi versus Jamie Pickett, which is the middleweight division, and then afterwards Jimmy Flick versus Cody Durden, feather uh, the featherweight division. Now for Nchukwi versus Jamie Pickett, Nchukwi, I hope I'm spell I'm pronouncing that correctly. Again, guys, please. If I'm not pronouncing it um, correctly, please do leave a, a correction in the comment section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and Chukwi, um did win this fight, but I couldn't find, um, I just could not find anywhere that could give me a proper highlight of um, of what the fight was like, how each fighter performed in the fight, just to get, get a good taste and just... Um, just to see how it, okay, finally Chucky won. But I want to, see, I, of course, many people would like to know how 
you want. You know, just for me, that adds to the experience. You know, and uh, it's one of the things I hate uh, about missing events like this because when you go online on YouTube, of course, the UFC and many other fighting organizations they can um, withhold a lot of the footage um, from social media platforms. I mean, I should now try to upload some clips of certain UFC events from the past and when you upload it to Instagram or YouTube the algorithms will immediately just block anyone from seeing uh, what you've uploaded because the UFC, the UFC on the rights to um, to uh, the content that you're trying to upload of course it's their event their show um, their work it was at their um, their own venue so you know they have the right to do that and the same goes for Jimmy Flick versus Cody Durden I'm uh, you know uh, one thing I do know about this fight that I did um, some information that I did manage to gather was that Flick did win by submission from his opponent, and that was because he performed a flying triangle. Um, what it looks like was that basically he jumped on his opponent and just managed to interlink or lock his legs in a triangle shape and uh, just bring his opponent down to the canvas uh, canvas floor, and he won. Now. Final fight, it was Christos Yagos versus Carlton uh, minus the catrate division. Now, Yagos um, did win the, um, this fight, and um, one of the things that in this fight um, that thing um, I noticed, and it was something that the commentators noticed a lot, especially Marco Beesping. Was it Marco Beesping? Was it DC Chromia that said this? But um, no, no, it was Michael Beesing. He suggested that Minus should really work on his takedown defenses. Um, that Giagos has mounted uh, mounted Minus's back in almost every takedown, and so um, you know um, that <laughs> really, of course, isn't good because once the opponent's on your back, uh, of course, they have the advantage of even though you get back on your feet, their weight, of course, can bring you back into a takedown or maybe into a clinch, but when your opponent is on your back they do have in that situation you know even as a novice they do have a much more much more of an advantage in that particular situation all right guys so i'll come to the end of giving my two cents about the uh fights that that i um that took place uh on uh the past weekend at ufc vegas 17 um I hope um, you enjoyed my two cents. Uh, again, I'm still learning about the sport, which is why many times I do um, I do sound like an idiot that still um, that I do sound like an idiot that doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't that doesn't know anything about about the sport. But I'm still learning all the time, so please forgive me if there's anything that I said wrong or misquoted. You know, if there's anything that I do sound very off points about, please do leave. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do leave a comment, a correction comment in the comment section below. But I just want to end this show, this uh, podcast, on a question about Jake Paul. And this guy has caused, uh, has caused a bit of a, a ruckus, a really unnecessary, as in stir within the mixed martial arts. Like, not mixed martial arts entirely alone, but the combat sports world because it contains mixed martial arts and other sports such as um, boxing. But this guy has called out many people, has even offended a lot of people. Uh, the the latest one I saw is Ben Askren, who, excuse me, who has actually accepted um, his offer to fight him at some time in the um, early stages of 2021 next year. 
uh, Ben Askren, um, Michael Beesping. Who else? Um, who was it? Yes, he had this sort of silly confrontation. Was it uh, Michael um, Dunnis when he was doing like a food truck series and show with um, with another mixed martial artist fighter, uh, Brendan Shaw, whereby he drove by in a truck with his friends and threw some toilet paper. Uh, and at Dennis when he was just standing and doing a show with Brendan Shaw and um, Jake Paul as soon as um, um, Dennis was going to react um, and, well the most he could do was throw the toilet paper back at Jake Paul Jake Paul uh, just the truck carrying Jake, Jake Paul just drove off even Joe Rogan came out saying one of his um, most recent shows is that Jake Paul's very lucky that he escapes like he did that um, if he had gone if he had gone off that truck if he had um, gone off the truck or if he had or if Dennis had had a, a, an opportunity to just grab hold of Jake Paul then the consequences for Jake Paul would have been extremely severe because uh, according to Joe Rogan Dennis is a world-class um, mixed martial arts fighter so um, you know Jake Paul could have suffered some broken bones con- concussions he could have suffered some really you know, life-changing injuries so basically my question is um and this is something that Charlie is kind of because I've asked for Charlie's opinion on this that the only reason um, and he has said the only reason why Jake Paul is doing all these things and talking like he's talking is because he wants a big money fight I mean uh, the the big big call that he made out uh, recently was to um, Conor McGregor whereby he disrespected um, Conor McGregor's wife he disrespected Conor McGregor by saying well you're probably just um, beasting up old men in, in pubs who don't like your whiskey and he challenged Conor McGregor to a 50 million dollar fight um, so Charlie uh, my friend who I talked to about mixed martial arts a lot he says he's just looking for a big money fight and it's something that people really shouldn't pay any attention to the media shouldn't pay any attention to if any fight does happen it'll just be an exhibition fight because uh, Jake Paul isn't really regarded as a professional um, mixed martial arts fighter and his behavior is just disrespecting the uh, sport in the combat sporting community in the combat sports world. So my question is, is to you guys is what do you think of Jake Paul? And um, do you think it's something all this I'm talking and all this, this running of his mouth? Do you think it's something that should be shut down? Or do you think that this is something that should be encouraged to also encourage other people from other uh, sec- uh, what should I call uh, let's say community say like the social media community the um, YouTuber community should have been encouraged to also encourage people in that community to also branch over to mixed martial arts so that's just a question I want to put out there guys because I do see it and I do um, hear the things that he says and it's quite um, it's annoying because for me personally I do I regard him as a YouTube clown I mean I'm not hasting on him but I mean He's he's gone famous for doing stupid things on you know just making a video of him doing something stupid like a prank or something like that, and then puts it online and then people just watch it for entertainment, and uh, they they actually subscribe to this person to his content they follow him and you know um, he, <laughs> God how do I, do I word this uh, Yeah you know it's. Uh, I mean that's what he's famous for. I mean, if he goes into mixed martial arts, um, I, I, don't, I don't think he is going to be taken so seriously. I mean, yeah, it's good to be a funny person. It's good to be a, f- a funny man, I suppose. If you were, if you were a funny person, when it comes to uh, to a situation or an occasion whereby you want people to take you seriously, 
you know, I think you're going to suffer. You're going to really struggle and suffer trying to do so. So, guys, um, I'll end this uh, podcast here. I'll end this show here. Um, if you uh, manage to watch or listen right up to this um, to this stage of the show, please, if you're watching YouTube, don't forget to leave a like. And uh, if you do like my content, don't forget to um, subscribe. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my name is IcoJoko1. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and Parlor. My name is IcoJoko. And also my podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Podcasts. And I'm still trying to get it um, also available on other platforms such as um, iTunes. And yeah, on iTunes. But for some reason, iTunes, Apple love to include lots of encryption in whatever they do. So that is taking some time. But I know I'll get that sorted soon. So guys, thanks.